nonprofit founders and leaders, change makers and dreamers? Are you searching for new ways to be heard amidst the overwhelming noise and confusion of these uncertain times? Giving Heartbeat is the place to make connections and ignite sparks of compassion into forces for good and together turn unsung heroes into everyday superheroes. Conversations with dynamic nonprofit champions from across the planet reveal how they turned passion into action and obstacles into achievements. I'm your host, Donna Valente. Welcome. Over the past three decades, I've met hundreds of incredible nonprofit changemakers from around the world. It's my passion and mission to promote them. This is Giving Heartbeat. Welcome. I'd like to welcome to the Giving Heartbeat studio this morning, David Jacobson, who is the CEO of Ronald McDonald House Charities of the Capital Region in Albany, New York. And he has a long history of working with human services nonprofits, including children and youth, people with disabilities. Oh, there went my phone. <laughs> um, uh, immigrant populations, veterans. Did I see that? And um, so welcome. And I'd like to uh, first ask you a little bit about uh, Ronald McDonald House Charities. Uh, thank you, Donna. It's great to be with you. This, uh, and I want to just say, you know, Ronald McDonald House Charities has been an absolutely amazing organization. It's got a, a phenomenal beginning um, in Philadelphia. Um, and uh, Dr. Audrey Evans, um, uh, working with uh, children, um, especially uh, one particular child of, of a uh, player for the Philadelphia Eagles, um, who had cancer and uh, the Eagles got involved. Uh, Jimmy Murray, who was the uh, general manager of the Eagles at the time, uh, got connected. And, you know, the first thing they did was, was kind of pass the hat to kind of help out um, their player and his family. And uh, I had a, a chance last, uh, about a month ago to talk with Jimmy and, and I asked him kind of, you know, what was it uh, that helped you get, get, get this started? And he said, well, I, I met with Dr. Audrey Evans and, I asked her what else could we do thinking that we were going to help, you know, our player and we were doing a great job to, to help him and his family. And, and she just looked at me and said, you know, there are a lot of other families. Um, and the, the, that, that really kind of started what, what uh, many refer to as kind of the miracle of Ronald McDonald house. Um, and, and a lot of that is Ronald McDonald house provides a place for families to stay while their children are receiving treatment. And for many families, in order to get the right treatment, they're coming to children's hospitals that are hours away from their home. And so the, the fact that Ronald McDonald House can, can be there to be able to provide for families, to keep them close to their children while they're receiving care, really is a phenomenal um, support for, the, for our medical system, uh, being able to make sure that, that children can receive all the care they need because their families can stay there. Um, and, and for us up in Albany, you know, we are celebrating now 39 years of being, being in Albany as part of uh, the house there um, and working with the Bernard and Millie Duker Children's Hospital at Albany Med. And it, it's, we've had more than almost 20,000 families go through the house in those 39 years. Uh, it's kind of a phenomenal history. That's incredible. And is each house affiliated with a football team? 
Or- no, <laughs> uh, Philadelphia kind of got it started, um, but but uh, each house is, is there are more than three hundred and seventy seven uh, Ronald McDonald houses worldwide in sixty six different countries, um, and each chapter kind of operates as its own nonprofit, wor- working with a local children's hospital in the local community, uh, coordinated through um, RMHC Global, which is based out of Chicago. Um, and so there are, are clear standards and guidelines about, about what to do, but it all comes down to kind of one thing. Dr. Audrey Evans says it this way, that the most important thing is, is to care. You have to care. Um, and that kind of mission first approach um, is, is a hallmark of every Ronald McDonald House uh, charity chapter. Right. I did have the pleasure of going, oh gosh, I'm going to get all choked up. Um, when I worked for Matheny School and Hospital at the time, we got a grant from Ronald McDonald House Charities to build uh, what is now the a beautiful art center. Um, but back then, we went to New York City when we went to the Ronald McDonald House there, mm-hmm. got a tour of it, and I just was totally blown away. It was awesome. Um, so I, I was so happy to hear that you, of your um, position there and so also to be able to highlight what Ronald McDonald House charity do. Um, oh, and not the, the houses specifically. Oh, sorry, getting out of breath. I'm so emotional about this because it's, it's such a great um, organization and, and I don't think words really can convey what it means to the families, you know, um, because uh, they don't have to worry about certain things and they know that there's going to be others there um, that have got their back you know, and are, are concerned about them as well. So. Well, the support for families that comes, and, and a lot of that support comes from other families by staying together, and, and it, it allows families to know they're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it allows the families to know that, that other people will take care of them. And, you know, our goal up in Albany is, is we try to remove every stressor for families so that all they have to worry about is their child getting better. Um, and if I'm going to move a little bit so you can see the yellow house there, uh, that's behind me is the original Ronald McDonald House in Albany. Mm-hmm. Um, all three houses that you see, uh, the, the greenhouse and the red house added, um, give us a total of 25 families that we can host in Albany at any one time. The houses are all internally, they're all connected, um, but this, there's plenty of space for families to have their own uh, privacy, but there's also a number of family rooms and uh, activity rooms. Uh, there's a movie theater. There's a video game room. There, there are. There's a train room that's one of the favorites of kids. They just sit there and, and play for hours with the trains. Um, I'll admit, sometimes I sit and play for hours with the trains. Uh, but we also plenty of space where families can kind of get together and um, share their story and share what's going through, and and it allows families to realize they're not alone. Uh, there's a lot of support. Uh, kind of the what we like to say is Ronald McDonald House is the house that love built, um, and we we try to keep that going on a on a daily basis. So, how long do families usually stay, and and what kind of um, what kind of situations and conditions do, do children need to be um, seen for at the hospital? If a child is receiving treatment, then the family's eligible to stay. Oh, okay. Um, and so we have all sorts of illnesses and injuries. We've got children who have skiing accidents or get in a car accident and, and get injured. We have children with cancer that, that 
often come and go many times because the, the, the cancer treatment goes over longer periods of time. Uh, we have a lot of families that, that come and stay with us um, because they have a child in the NICU. Um, we have babies that are born prematurely that the family will stay with us until the baby's able to leave the hospital. We have um, mothers in high-risk pregnancy needs that can come stay with us because they need to be close to the hospital. Um, so a lot of different uh, conditions. Our average length of stay is, is a, a little less than 10 days. Uh, however, we have families that, that some families that stay with us for more than a year. We have some families that will stay with us multiple times in a year, um, especially while, while kids are going through uh, chemo treatments that might last five or six weeks at a time. Uh, the family might come and stay with us during the length of that chemo treatment and then come back again when the next treatment is due. Um, and one of the things that's really nice, the, 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 we have families that stayed with us 10 years ago that come back and support the families that are there now. Oh, that's nice. That was going to be my next question. Yeah. <laughs> All of that happened because it's a 24-hour, I mean, 24-7 thing. Yeah. You know, they don't go home on the weekends. So do you have tons of volunteers? I'm like, how does that work? Well, we have a very small staff. Um, and so the majority of our staff is volunteer uh, driven. Um, uh, prior to the, this pandemic hitting our, hitting our world, uh, we would have more than 200 volunteers in the house at one time or another throughout the month. Um, volunteers would uh, prepare meals every day for families. So they have a hot meal prepared right in the house. Um, we have uh, volunteers that help uh, work in reception, that help receive families in. We've got house warmers that, that do everything, just make sure all the comforts are there for families so that, that they have things that, um, and, we, and we, look for, we look for the things that are beyond just giving them uh, a warm meal and, and a place to live. Um, you know, if there are families, life doesn't stop. So families come and there's all sorts of the, the other stressors going on too. And, and so if we can help connect families to other supports, then there's a lot of things we do to, to try and help them in that way too. I'm just thinking about this, um, imagining having a sick child and then having, well, you have six children. <laughs> yes. What, so what is a family to do if one of the kids is sick, God forbid? What about the other five? So how do you help arrange care? We do help, we do help in, in a number of different ways. We have uh, families with siblings stay with us. So the siblings will stay with us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes because life needs to go on, one parent stays with us and is close to the child in the hospital while the other parent is at home. Um, and sometimes they switch in and out or come on weekends and, and do all. We, we work with each family to kind of what's going to help them the most. What, what are their needs? Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, a lot of our time is kind of spent listening um, and, and trying to trying to figure out from families, you know, what is it you need from us? Um, I think that's a, a question we like to ask every day. Is there anything that, that you need, anything that we can do to, to make things easier for you? Um, and then, uh, you know, we can't answer every, every issue, but we try. Wow, that's great. So how many families do you have, like, right now? Staying uh, and right now we have 13 families in the house today. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and, and as we've been, this pandemic has changed the way we deliver services quite a bit for, mm -hmm. for us, for the hospital and, and for everyone else. What it hasn't changed is babies are born prematurely. Kids still get cancer. Yeah. Kids still get hurt. Um, 
So the need has uh, never went away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's changed kind of how we deliver our mission, but it has not changed the need for our mission. So how has it changed for you? Well, uh, about a year ago, March 13th, 2020, Friday the 13th, we all remember it very well. Uh, at the end of that day, we received a, a notice um, that, that we needed to suspend our programming and not have any new families come into the house. Uh, so we met as a, as a team in Albany, our, our leadership team and our board uh, met on Saturday morning, uh, the 14th at 8 o'clock in the morning. And we decided right off, right off the bat, we're going to keep our mission going. What that meant for us in Albany is we worked with local hotels to be able to put families up in hotels while we could not take them into the house. Um, and over the period of the next few months, we, we put uh, families up in hotels to the amount of 1,410 nights of stay in hotels, Wow! Um, serving 99 families during the next few months that way. And then we were able, we were fortunate, we were able to get the house uh, back reopened. And we've, uh, since uh, June 29th, we've had the house reopen and have had a, a number of families um, then able to stay in the house. We've had as many as 20 in, families in the house. We've also worked closely with the hospital because the hospital has allowed, in, in some cases, they've allowed a single parent to be able to stay bedside um, in the hospital with their child. And so those are families that would normally be with us that are staying in the hospital. And so we've, we've also provided services for them, making sure they get a hot meal, making sure that they uh, have access to um, gift cards if they need them or, or other things that can help make their stay comfortable. Um, and one of the things, we, we operate three programs in Albany. Uh, the house is our, is our core program. It's our main program. We also have a Ronald McDonald Care Mobile. Um, and we have a Ronald McDonald family room. Uh, the family room operates in, uh, inside uh, the Bernard and Millie Duker Children's Hospital. It's located right in the hospital. That program has been suspended since March 13th and remains suspended right now. Uh, however, we have a hospitality cart that was able to keep operating throughout, throughout the pandemic and was able to take, kind of, take the comforts of the, of the house and bring them right into the hospital. Um, and we were able to serve children, we were able to serve their, their, their families, but we were also able to serve medical professionals um, and provide, uh, the, the cart's an amazing thing. It, it has books and games and toys. It also has coffee and drinks and snacks and juices and milk and um, really any, anything that can just provide some comfort and some, some relief. Um, and so we, we had a lot of support, uh, especially our McDonald's owner operators in the capital region did a lot to, to support that cart, keep it well stocked. Um, you know, that was going to be my next question. And you yeah. read my mind, David, because I was thinking, um, ask about the connection with the local McDonald's franchise. You know, that's uh, in my head because that's what I'm, I think I meant to ask yeah. more with the football question but um but i mean that that was also a good question because i i did have our local owner operators are great we've got a a few that serve on our board um they support us uh financially but they also support um by giving an opportunity for their customers to support Uh, so when you go through the mcdonald's drive-through ask to round up for rmhc because that those those dollars they stay local and and uh they add up um, quite a bit. 
Uh, if you're ordering through uh, through an app, which a lot of people now order through the McDonald's app, there's a, a fixed donation amount of $1, $3, or $5 that, that you can give. That money stays local. It comes right to the local RMHC um, and, and is fantastic. There are also, you know, we've all seen the canister boxes where you can drop your loose change and, and things like that. All, all of those are ways in which McDonald's supports us directly on top of that. The owner-operators give up their time. They volunteer. Um, every once in a while, they'll, they'll, they'll chip in and they'll say, you know what, we're going to provide meals for, for everyone at the house at McDonald's and they'll bring it all over. Um, and it's, it's fantastic to have that level of support. Um, and it really is, it, it's part of the heart of kind of what Ronald McDonald House has been all along. Yeah, that's really nice. And it brings it in, into the community. And involves the community so much more. That's great. And, and you know, I, I think most people know this, but McDonald's stores are usually owned and operated by someone who's local. It's a, um, it's a local franchisee owner. It's it's and and many times those owners work in the stores right right along with their crew. And um, you know, they they give a lot of their time. They give a lot of their energy, uh, and their crew gets involved. Um, and their, and their crew is very supportive too, which is great. It's really awesome. I just, it's such a great connection all the way around. I love it. Um, so now, did you talk about the, the programs that you had wanted to? The, oh, talk about, please, the curbside. Love uh, one, of, one of the things we're doing right now, we, we have very limited numbers of volunteers we're able to have in the house right now because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And the, the area where that hurts the most is we typically have people that want to come in and they want to cook a meal for all the families. And, you know, when you're talking 25 families in the house, uh, you can have, you know, sometimes 45, 50, 60 people to feed um, in a meal. And right since the, the pandemic uh, began, we've been serving families with gift cards and restaurants, uh, restaurant, and that gets expensive. Um, and, and that's a, a cost that is much beyond what we normally do. So we've been asking people to help fund that. Um, but we also um, are asking people to help support uh, because we have a limited number of regular volunteers who are able to come in and, and cook meals, but it's only about seven groups. So most of the month, we're still needing to, to do other things. So Love is Served is what we call our meal program. Um, and right now we're doing Love is Served curbside because um, it's an opportunity for people to support that that program and um for food safety reasons, all of the food that we serve is either cooked in a restaurant or it is cooked at the house. Um, uh, we, we can't do things any other way. We've got to make sure that um, food safety requirements are there and all of our um, our staff and, and the, the regular volunteer groups are all trained in the food safety uh, issues that they need. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the biggest reasons for people to do the Love is Served curbside is because every once in a while, if we don't have, you know, the, the ability on a given night to, to get a restaurant to provide the meal, um, everyone has to suffer my cooking because I'll, I'll step up and cook once in a while. So, you know, save our families from my cooking right, by giving the supporting the love is served curbside. And that's a great way to do it. So how does it work? Uh, well, it, it costs us on average about $250 to provide a meal for everyone um, that's in the house. Uh, it can be a little bit more than that when, when our census is a little bit higher. Uh, so obviously that, that is determined by how many people are in the house. Um, and, and it's a way, it's on our website, um, our website, which is rmhcofalbany.org. 
Um, and there's information there about uh, how people can get involved and, and how people can, can support that through that. Gotcha. That's awesome. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to add about Ronald McDonald House? How about talking about how the uh, COVID affected your fundraising operations? I know you had an awesome fundraiser planned for like Napa. I had heard, or, and then yeah, well, we we've had a we had a several fundraising programs that were canceled just because uh-huh. you, you couldn't do it, and and um, uh, we're hoping to be able to get back to some of those. But one of the things that's amazing, um, it's right in our mission statement that we draw on the compassion of the community in which we live, and we started by being mission first and saying, you know, we're going to pay for hotels and we're going to buy these meals at restaurants and. Um, the effect financial impact of COVID was more than half a million dollars on our organization. Um, So that was a a lot of money. Um, And mid-October, the board and I were were looking at it because we were in a significant deficit for the year. Uh, But I've got to tell you, we've got phenomenal community around us. And uh, the number of individual gifts went up tremendously over the prior year. The number of, of corp, the, the corporate support that we got from local businesses. Um, we had uh, uh, one credit union that stepped up and said, we want to we want to buy the hotels for a month and stepped wow. up and, and paid for that. Um, and we had uh, just an, an outpouring of support to the point where we were able to make up that entire half million dollar difference. Um, Amazing. And it's it's just from the compassion of people, um, and and getting to know the story. So you know we're not out of it yet. Twenty twenty one's a new year. There's a, a lot more fundraising left to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I if I can share one more element of of our program, absolutely. Uh, something we were hoping to do in twenty twenty, that we are going to do in twenty twenty one. We own property up in Lake George, New York. And we are going to introduce a brand new program. We are working right now with RMHC Global to make sure that this is a program that meets all of the um, quality guidelines um, of keeping our mission first. We're going to open up the first Ronald McDonald family retreat. Nice. And it's, it's intended to give families who have uh, really ex- experienced what, it, what it's like, all the hardship that comes with, with having their child in treatment, um, and we're going to prioritize families that have of, of children who have a terminal illness or families who have had uh, treatment that has gone on for a long period of time. Um, but the idea is to give families a vacation. Um, let them spend some time together. Let them uh, come together and re- be in an, a relaxing environment, a nice supportive environment. And I, Lake George is a beautiful place to do it. The community there is so welcoming. Um, and a lot of businesses have already stepped up and, and committed themselves to uh, providing um, meals and activities for families uh, at no cost to the families. Uh, so our goal is to, do, is to be able to provide this completely um, gratis, uh, make sure that families just get to come and kind of make, make lasting memories together. And that's really the goal. So uh, awesome. So is it going to be like a week program, a weekend? and like our, it's, Families will be able to stay for up to five days um, and be able to experience everything Lake, Lake George has to offer uh-huh. uh, uh, during that time. Um, in 2021, when we first open it, we're going to have one family at a time um, in the house. Um, and then uh, our hope is that by next year, we'll be able to have uh, two families at a time 
Wow, that's really unique. How I I envisioned like a camping experience, you know, but that's that's great because one at one family at a time. Yeah, and it, and we're really excited about it. Um, uh, the program is around McDonald Family Retreat at Krantz Cottage. Howard Krantz uh, passed away a couple of years ago, and uh, we've been working with his wife Marcia and with and with their family to be able to uh, uh, establish this program up there, and. Just like everything, when you come inside the Ronald McDonald House and uh, seeing the inside of the house is amazing uh, because then you realize each room has its own theme. Um, it's decorated in a different way. And the same is true up at the, up at the, the cottage uh, up in Lake George. There are different themes through, throughout and it, it's just, it's such a unique and, and warm and, and comfortable uh, setting for families that uh, we're really excited about this. Um, we've got some some hoops we need to jump through still to get it get it ready, but we are hoping to open this summer. That's that is so cool. Yeah, now I now I understand it. Before I was thinking something else, which is also very cool. The camping experience is very cool too. Um, but I, I think that's really neat. And the fact that you have this cottage, I was thinking, well, it was much more in the. <laughs> nascent stage but you got it, it. no this very this is very very adirondack <laughs> everything about how it feels oh i bet uh, it's beautiful uh and it's a you know lake george is such a beautiful area um and the the community up there is ready with open arms to make this happen. one of the things that, that a lot of people might not know um we are located in albany but we serve uh, more than 28 counties in New York State. We serve six other states as well as families. Anyone who's coming to Albany Med for their for their treatment, um, they'll they'll end up staying with us. And Warren County, which is where Lake George is located, um, it actually sends has the second highest number of families that have come to us over the last 20 years. Um, so we receive a lot of families from there. So a lot of our support already comes from that area, um, and and a lot of families they know what what families are going with because, you know, it, it's their neighbor or it's their child and it's uh, someone that goes to their church. So there's all sorts of um, awareness already of who Ronald McDonald House is. And so to, to be able to bring this right into that community where we already have so many families that, um, that have that is kind of, uh, that's a special joy and a special add for us. That's wonderful. Do you think it's possible that it, it would happen like before summer or... I think it's ambitious. I kind of would like to see it open by July 4th. Um, that's really when the summer season begins in Lake George. I'm not sure we're going to make that. <laughs> uh, might be a little bit later in the summer, but our goal is our goal is to be able to make sure that we can open that this year. Uh, we still have some finishing to the building uh, that ne needs to happen. It's, it's not all just program related, but a lot that needs to happen. And we also, we're, you know, we're focused. We want to get our family room reopened in Albany. We want to continue to grow programs in the house. And so, you know, getting, getting our core programs fully operational is still, uh, that's, that's our kind of our first priority. Um, and personally, I'm motivated. We've got, we've got one family that we've been, we've been dealing with who stayed at the house for a long period of time, whose, whose daughter was uh, uh, deemed cancer-free in the fall. And the cancer has now returned. Um, and, you know, I kind of have that family in mind of wanting to make sure they get in the, in, in the uh, retreat this, this summer. So uh, I have some personal motivation to try and make that happen. Well, I'm sure it will happen. 
then. Is there anything else you'd like to share about Ronald McDonald House? I just I encourage people to go to the website and, and look at it, rmhcofalbany.org. There's, so, there's a lot of information available on the website. There's a lot of different, way, different ways for people to get involved. Uh, and if you don't live in the Albany area and you live, I guarantee there's a Ronald McDonald House near you. Mm-hmm. Um, and to, to look up for, for uh, the chapter that's in your area because it's um, – it is a fantastic organization, but more importantly, it's all about the mission. It's all about taking care of, of families with, with children while they are receiving treatment. And uh, it's a great way to get involved. There's a lot of volunteer opportunities. We are not unique in Albany at all. Every, every Ronald McDonald house is, is looking at that same mission of how do we take care of families when they need it most. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So now people, when they're going to McDonald's and they see that little... Uh, yeah. Round up, round up every time. (laughs) Change in there because now you know that that's not just sitting there. It's going to some fabulous organization and uh, and staying local. Uh, So it it will support the Ronald McDonald House that's in the area of that McDonald's. Right, that's that's great. And if you're looking for some kind of volunteer opportunity and you want to make a difference in the families um, that are going through some difficult challenges health wise, and then check out the. Um, website and find one nearby where you are and see what you can do that that would be awesome because it's a it's really a wonderful truly uh, compassion-based organization it's a beautiful thing absolutely it's the house that love built yes yes so um if there's nothing else well you can add this at the end but um i think you have a unique journey and i'd like it if you if you could tell our listeners how you got involved in the nonprofit world and, and what motivated you and you had your doctorate in psychology, psychology. Yes. And so like, just like what, what brought you on your journey? You had, you worked with a lot of different vulnerable populations and I think it's just, it's interesting. If you don't well, that, you know, my, my journey really comes, uh, my father, when I was growing up, my father was a, a professor of theology at Wheaton College uh, in Illinois, and th- that gave me all sorts of wonderful opportunities to be able to um, uh, get to know a lot of the people that are um, really inspirational within, within in, uh, particularly within a, an evangelical Protestant per, uh, perspective. Um, many people know that Billy Graham uh, is, a, is a graduate of, um, of Wheaton College, and uh, certainly his ministry influenced a lot of, of kind of my thinking growing up. Um, when I was in college, I studied psychology, and I studied biblical, biblical studies and, theolo- and theology, uh, and that was kind of where, where my focus was. Uh, I actually started in seminary um, after college, um, and then... Uh, recognize that there was a lot of life experience I didn't have. And, and uh, to be a pastor, you really need to understand people at a different level and be able to empathize at a different level. So I pursued psychology instead. Um, ended up getting my doctorate at Wheaton College, um, uh, studying right there in the Billy Graham Center uh, mm-hmm. as, as part of that. And um, it, during my, doc, my pre-doctoral studies, I had a chance to work at Lydia Home Association in Chicago. Uh, residential treatment facility for children uh, connected to the Evangelical Free Church, involved in foster care, involved in emergency shelters, um, had a, uh, opportunities to develop a lot of new programs and get into program development, which kind of became my, my specialty professionally. Um, and 
heavily invested in the um, in the side of working with uh, particularly children who needed to live away from home for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. And that included uh, child welfare situations. It included uh, children dealing with abuse or neglect. It included children in the uh, juvenile justice system. Um, and was able to be a CEO out at the Children's Home of Cromwell out in Connecticut. Um, Donna, I think that's where you and I first got connected because I brought your, your mother on board as one of our board members. Um, uh, and did a lot to kind of, of, of emphasize how do we meet the needs of children better? How do we better meet the needs of, of families? And uh, from there, I, I worked for many years as a, as a consultant working with different nonprofit organizations, trying to help them figure out um, how do they keep mission first and how do they fund it? Um, you have to be able to fund it. You have to be able to do the fundraising pieces and the, and the nitty gritty. Um, at the same time, it has to stay mission first. And if, if you, if you sell out for funding to lose your mission, then, then you end up losing too much. Um, and that's probably the biggest lesson that I've learned throughout my career is kind of keeping that focus mm-hmm. at the same time. I've had opportunities, um, uh, working with my own children and kind of seeing uh, how to how to help them understand kind of uh, who God is and and understanding that you know God God doesn't live just in in church on Sundays. Uh, that one of the most important things is you know sometimes God shows up in uh, helping somebody get a good meal and and that's really all it is um, and taking care of people where they're at. Uh, when I look at, at everything that God has done for me and what God has done for for all of us. He doesn't ask us to come to him. He he comes to where we are, um, and I think that's that's one of the things and that I think is so special um, uh, about the organizations that I've worked with is they kind of all have that emphasis. Uh, for me, the personal motivation really comes from Scripture. It comes from the Book of James, uh, which is kind of my favorite favorite book of the New Testament. It's a short little letter. Um, I've memorized it. It's actually easy to memorize. I encourage people to memorize it. James doesn't tell us how to become a Christian. James, James tells us how to live. Um, I refer to it as the best psychology ever written, and uh, particularly uh, in, in chapter one. Chapter one comes to, comes to an end by saying, religion that God accepts as pure and blameless is this, to take care of orphans and widows during their time of distress. There's a second piece to that. It then says, and to keep from being polluted by the world. So kind of maintaining our integrity and, and not allowing ourselves to get corrupted along the way, uh, and then focusing on just taking care of people when they're in, when they're in need. Uh, and that kind of sums up uh, the emphasis of my career, and it's a big part of the reason why I love RMHC, because that's it. That's all we do. Um, you know, all, all we do is take people where they are um, and try and meet their need. Um, and so that, you know, that, that for me is a, is a real joy and a real pleasure. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And I hope that, that um, it inspires people to, to keep looking for ways that they can help other people. And there are wonderful organizations out there. There's a lot of people in need. The need, unfortunately, isn't going to disappear. Even no, with- Need never goes away. <laughs> it never goes away. There's going to be preemies born, you know, people are going to have accidents and get sick and um, get incarcerated, unfortunately, and kicked out of their homes. I mean, bad stuff happens all the time. So, but there are great organizations out there that are addressing families and their needs. So um, it's a, it's a great way 
it's a great way to, to um, make a difference by, by working with one of those great organizations uh, like Ronald McDonald House. But just um, the way I like to look at it is just like I always try to look for the signs of where God wants me to go, you know, and that, that um, I have to have faith that the things that I need in my life to do what he wants me to do are going to happen when they need to happen. Exactly. But anyway, um, I don't know why I even just <laughs> said that, but <laughs> anyway. But I just want to, I know I'm taking up a lot of your time, and uh, I just want to thank you again so much. Is there anything else you'd like to add, or I, you want to tell us your website another one more time? Sure. Uh, the, our website is rmhcofalbany.org. Okay. And there's a a lot of different tabs there, a lot of information about our programs, about uh, how people can get involved and how people can help, uh, as well as the impact of, of kind of what this program uh, does. We are an organization, we're 100% driven by philanthropy. We do not have, we do not charge our families for any of our programs and we do not uh, accept any public dollars. Um, so so we're, we don't have any government contracts or anything else. It's, it's entirely due to the um, generosity of, of our community and the compassion of our community. And, and uh, we like it that way. Um, and and I think that's a, a great sign for kind of how many people genuinely care for each other. It's wonderful. That's, and it also frees you up to do what you need to do without worrying about red tape. Um, so anyway, I think that's a great model. And I, I thank you so much for being here with me this morning and um, wish you all the best in the coming year. Um, I know all those things are going to happen. They're, they're awesome. They're all set to go. It just has to, the dominoes just have to go um, the way they're supposed to. Uh, well, thank you so much. Thanks, Donna. And we'll talk to you soon. We'll uh, thank you. see you on the airwaves. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's a wrap for this episode of Giving Heartbeat, where we make unsung heroes into everyday superheroes. Please be my hero and subscribe, download, rate and review and tell all your friends. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to Naomi Charney for my beautiful cover art. Thanks to Chris Hogan for his theme music, Pure Magic and to audio engineer extraordinaire Don Sternacker at Mixolydian Studios. Please take action today to support nonprofits that connect with your passion. Be the change you want to see in the world. Until next time, the beat goes on. This is Donna Valente. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>